Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. It's trade season. We got a game Sunday, but this week is, the big news has been all about trades. And also, if you do hear a little bit of a buzzing sound in the background, um, my son sleeps with a sound machine. He um, isn't sleeping the best tonight, so that sound machine is, his room is wide open because he is currently uh, sleeping in... uh, in his parents' room tonight, so it's going to be a fun night for me and my wife. But, uh, yeah, so if you hear that sound in the background, I do apologize. Um, what's going on here, though, with the Eagles? So, first and foremost, the the major, major addition earlier this week, the Eagles were able to um, acquire defensive end Robert Quinn. Yes, that's Robert Quinn from the Chicago Bears. He essentially takes over for Derek Barnett because um, I've talked about this for, what, Six games about how the Eagles' pass rush has been underwhelming. It's been very underwhelming all season. We have not had a pass rush that I would consider adequate. I mean, again, I, I know we've had games where it's looked adequate, but to be fair, this 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 pass rush has has struggled, and it really has. I mean, I don't know if our back end coverage is helping. And when I say that, I'm not talking about the play of our secondary because the play of our secondary has been spectacular. The coverage I'm talking about is in the second half of games when our geek, coward, loser, horrible, awful, horrific defensive coordinator goes into prevent. That's the issue. When he's cool with seven-minute drives leading the scores because it takes seven minutes, he doesn't give the secondary a chance to cover, and he doesn't give his pass rush enough time to get to the quarterback because everything inside of 10 yards is wide open. You're hoping that a trade like this is kind of a message that says, hey, we're not okay with you um, essentially grounding the ball. You know what I mean? Playing this prevent type defense. We want you to get guys at the quarterback. So Quinn comes in, and he's going to fill a rotation. It's going to be Reddick, Sweat, you know, Graham, and Quinn. You you aren't beating that for four pass rushers. For four edge pass rushers to have, and I know Robert Quinn's only, he's 32 years old, and people are scared, but Chris Long was 32 when he got here. He fit perfectly into a role like this. I know you could bring up the name Ryan Kerrigan, how it didn't work last year. Robert Quinn is a more gifted outside pass rusher than Robert or than uh, Ryan Kerrigan was. He had 18 and a half sacks last year. I know the big narrative on Quinn this year is that he only has one sack, and and I get that. He's also been double teamed more times than Micah Parsons has this year, which is pretty wild to think about. Um, excuse whatever, but fitting in where he's got to be here now as our fourth defensive end. I mean, it's it's a pretty damn incredible thing. And what it does most importantly provide is depth because, you know, injuries do happen. You do not want to be an injury away from things being a little sideways. And right now you could kind of say that with safety. That's why, again, do I think the Eagles are done? In no way, shape, or form. Um, they have till Tuesday. All trades have to happen by Tuesday. So this week's games is going to, it's going to play a major role in if teams are going to get active for the trades here because, um, you know, hey, this is it. You have to know this week, are you a buyer or seller? Eagles are clearly buyers, so they're able to get on the jump early. The Bears were clearly sellers, and they're paying his salary, by the way. It was a fourth-round pick, and that's why it's a fourth-round pick, because the Bears are paying his salary this season. So uh, 
yeah, it's a fantastic move. It's a major, major upgrade over Teron Jackson, who they did release. They had to release Teron Jackson. Um, my guess is Teron Jackson will make his way back to our practice squad once he does clear waivers, if he clears waivers, which my guess is that he will. But uh, that's kind of what's going on with the major trade of adding, uh, adding Robert Quinn as a defensive end. It was clearly a major, major need for the Eagles. Were they sniffing around Brian Burns? I'm sure they were. Were they sniffing around Bradley Chubb? I'm sure they were. Were they sniffing around Josh Allen? Another name, not that Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen in Jacksonville? I'm sure they were. This one here, for what they want the player to be, again, it was going to be into a rotation. I know people, listen, again, you wanted Brian Burns. You want Bradley Chubb. You know, we all want the best guys, but they've paid Hassan Reddick. They've paid Josh Sweat. They're paying Brandon Graham. These guys are not on cheap deals or anything like that. They're paid to play. Getting a guy like Robert Quinn, and again, you're essentially giving him only $700,000 for the rest of the year, which is wild. It does not affect anything towards next year, because remember, in the NFL, if you have salary cap space, it rolls over into next season for you. You can use that money. So them not having to pay Robert Quinn this year helps them in terms of being able to sign some free agents next year, including possibly Robert Quinn, because his contract, yeah, it becomes the Eagles next year, but none of it's guaranteed, and my guess is it would be restructured heavily. Now, who else can the Eagles potentially be looking to acquire? Because that's what this is. That's what this has come down to. And I'm going to rattle off some names. Uh, and let me tell you this. When, when you hear these names, these could be fake. I, and again, I'm not doubting it. That, like, for instance, we heard that the Eagles potentially offered a third-round pick for Christian McCaffrey. Do I doubt that? Not one single bit. Why? Because here's here's what I've come to the conclusion of. You're hearing the names now. You're hearing Alvin Kamara. You're hearing Kareem Hunt. You know, so you keep hearing running backs with the Eagles. And here's what I have decided. It's not because the Eagles have doubts in Miles Sanders. I think that's far from, the, like, if anything, they believe in Miles Sanders extremely a lot now. The problem is they don't believe in the guys behind them. I think they like Boston Scott. I think they don't want to have Boston Scott have to be your primary ball carrier in a potentially playoff game or an end of the season, major regular season game, whatever it be. I don't believe that they are high in confidence in Kenny Gainwell. Uh, he struggled this year, especially picking up pass rush. So, I mean, that's a big deal. They have Trey Sermon here. They're working him in. I actually like Trey Sermon. I want to see what he could provide. I think he could absolutely help, but that's what this is at. Essentially what they're trying to tell you here if, when they are, are looking at these other running backs, it's because in case, in case something was to happen to Miles Sanders, who's had injury history, they are not at a point of desperation at running back. So it makes sense in that regard. Now, Alvin Kamara. Listen, I don't want Alvin Kamara. I'm thankful for the Saints. I mean, I'm thankful for them giving us Darren Sproles, Malcolm Jenkins. Um, I'm thankful for them giving us C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I'm thankful for them giving us this first-round pick this year. I'm thankful for the fact they're going to start Andy Dalton the rest of the season. There's a lot of things to be thankful for with the Saints. Alvin Kamara, though, I've never... And again, is he a great player? Would he be a good fit? Yeah, of course. I'm not sitting here saying Alvin Kamara wouldn't make our team better. Alvin Kamara is also the same complete freaking bonehead who had that dumbass comment about, what was it, that we were, uh, if they had to play the Saints in 2017, the 2018 playoffs, uh, the Saints would have beat us. 
That's the same Saints team that gave up that 70-yard touchdown to Minnesota to lose that game. The same team that we beat by 30-plus points the following week. Yeah, the Saints. They were going to beat the Eagles. And, 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 you know, good for him. I'm glad he believed that. But to even make that comment, it's like, bro, your team lost. You lost. And then they shot their mouths as the paper champions that they were for four years. That's what the Saints were. And he was a major part of it. I don't care. I don't need Alvin Kamara. I mean, I think he's got some type of vendetta against the... And that's fine. I don't care if he has a vendetta against the Eagles. Cool. I like that stuff. It's cool. Rivalries are fun. But I am not sitting here telling you in any way, shape, or form that I am begging for an Alvin Kamara. I think if you're going to make a trade like this, a Kareem Hunt works just as fine. Kareem Hunt is a really good football player. I know his personal issues of the past are concerning, of course. Again, I have not heard anything negative on Kareem Hunt since then. He's been a stand-up player for for the Browns, and he's been a very good player. And he would kind of fit the same role here with the Eagles because, you know, Chubb's the guy in Cleveland, and Hunt gets his uh, touches, and Sanders would be the guy here, and Hunt would get his touches. And the beautiful thing is if something then happens to Sanders, you believe in Kareem Hunt. I mean, Cam Akers is out there. That's another running back. I guess he's had problems with the Rams, and they're looking to move on. I don't know if I'm into that so much. Um... You know, that's kind of what this is. I'm not so necessary in saying that the Eagles need to get a running back, but I understand it. I understand where their mindset is in that. Now, another name I heard is, and this guy is a, he's a defensive back. He can play inside corner, outside corner. His name's Desmond King. He's with the Texans, but he's also a really good kick and punt returner. So if they are concerned about Covey, which blows my mind. I love this. Everybody is so concerned right now about Britton Covey. Britton Covey has been the best punt returner this team has had in the last, what, since Darren Sproles. I'm not even kidding. Like, besides Deshaun Jackson or anything like that. Um, he catches the ball. I know, oh, well, God, he muffed one putt. So, so is Greg Ward. So is Jalen Rager numerous times in playoff games. He gets the ball. He's not afraid to get hit. And he makes good decisions in terms of fair catches and whatnot. I'm good with uh, Britton Covey. I have no issues with him. But Desmond King has some juice. I don't know how much juice left. And if they feel he could fit that role and do it better, I understand it. But more so, he'd be the, the more important part of that trade would be a, a guy to give you some you know, back-end depth in your secondary. You know, Jabril Peppers is out there. We can go through a bunch of guys. Um, I mean, that's kind of what I'm thinking this would be. Like a backup safety, like a Rodney McLeod, which again, Rodney McLeod is very cheap. I wouldn't be opposed to bringing Rodney McLeod back. He's your third corner, or third corner, your third safety. That's fine by me. Because you got to look at it like this. Yes, um, getting an all-time great player at a position, yeah, that would be fantastic. It ain't going to happen. No, oh, yeah, by the way, with the Kamara thing, if the Saints were looking for like a first-round pick, what do you think? The Eagles are going to trade their first-round pick that the Saints gave them for Alvin Kamara? Are you out of your mind? That pick has the potential to be Will Anderson, and even if it doesn't end up being that, and it ends up being a pick even in the mid-teens, they're not picking a running back in the first round anyway, especially one that's on a big deal and that's been in the league for five years. That ain't happening, no. Zero shot of that. So whatever that is, that's a fallacy. This is a major week for the Eagles. They're making moves to upgrade the team, which is important. They have a major game here on Sunday, by the way. That's what's most important, the game on Sunday. Steelers are playing really good on defense. Let's not 
try to fool ourselves. I know they got their doors blown off by the Steelers or by the Steelers by the Bills two weeks ago, but they just beat Tampa Bay, and I know Tampa Bay's in free fall mode, but whatever. They beat Tampa Bay, and they just played a really competitive game with Miami, who I know is pretty good. I mean, they they kept Miami out of the end zone for three and a half quarters. So the Steelers' defense is definitely humming, and and that's without T.J. Watt. I think he's in their practice window now. Let's see here. I want to get an update on Watt. I don't believe he's going to play. But, I mean, it's still, it's just worth noting here. So, TJ Watt. He was working at practice. I know that. I, I mean, there's belief he's going to play. I mean, hopefully he doesn't, because that makes our, our jobs a lot easier. But there is belief that he potentially does play. The good thing about if T.J. Watt does play, Lane Johnson cleared concussion protocol today. He is going to play on Sunday, thank goodness. We're pretty much healthy going into this game, with the exception of Brandon Graham popped up with a hamstring, which, you know, isn't ideal. But again, that's why you have these got the trade like a Robert Quinn. But the Eagles are very healthy going into this game, you know, knock on wood. You want to keep it that way. Um... Yeah, but, I mean, here's the thing. The Steelers' offense, it's its its not really good. And the reason it's not really good is their offense line is abysmal. They're really good at their skill positions. They have three really good receivers, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and obviously George Pickens, who is just an absolute stud. They're good at tight end. Uh, Fryermuth's a really good tight end, you know what I mean? Obviously, they're good at running back. Najee Harris is an excellent football player. They have a rookie quarterback in Kenny Pickett, who I think is going to end up being really good. Ironically, he's actually older than Jalen Hurts, too, like we talked about in the offseason. I mean, so it's crazy to think that. But their offense line's not good. And we have to win with our pass rush, and our pass rush should be able to win. And if it does, Pickett has a tendency to just throw the ball up there. He's turned it over. He's a rookie. He should turn it over. Steelers made the right move to go to him for this reason. Let this guy get his lumps out. Learn football. And we back, our back-end coverage has been really good when we've been disguising, especially in the first half. So the hope is that we can get out to a big lead in this first half because, again, you, you know that the picket, uh, picket fence defense is coming in the second half. Steelers defense, though, like I said, it's playing really good. Should this be a close game? No. The Eagles are clearly a much better team. It just is what it is right now. Am I worried about Pittsburgh's defense and how they're playing? Of course. They're playing, like I said, they're playing really good. It's not a joke. This is a big test because you got this game, you play a short week going to Houston. Ironically, as the Phillies and the Astros play in the World Series, we'll be going to Houston this week to play the Texans. You know, it's funny, by the way, that the Jalen Hurts wearing the Astros stuff popped up this week. Um, and I know people like to make a big deal. By the way, real fans don't care. Like, you know what I mean? Like, remember this. Jalen Hurts, you could use the whole, anybody on the team. These guys are all fans of teams growing up. They played sports. Like, whoever you're a fan of. Like, you might be a fan of, let's just say, the, the Colorado Rockies. You know what I mean? You get drafted by the, let's just think of a random team, the Chicago Cubs. And you're wearing Colorado Rocky stuff. Or not Chicago Cubs, the Chicago Bears. And you're wearing Colorado... Well, you're a fan of them. I mean, I understand that. 
if these guys knew what pro team was going to pay them in their futures, yeah, then I'm sure they'd have different uh, favorite pro teams uh, in different sports especially. But Hurts even made a statement this week that he is rooting for the Phillies to win the World Series because this is his home. And I mean, it's wild he had to do that, but it's not even that big a deal. I mean, people really legitimately don't care. Real people, at least. Twitter, yeah, because they, they, people will care on Twitter because they want to get likes and retweets and all that stupid nonsense. But we are going to pause here. And speaking of Hurts, I do want to go over. I saw some lists this week about quarterback rankings. And th there's been some conversations on quarterbacks around the league I want to address. But before I get into that, I do have a brief word here from Anchor. So normally I don't really care about quarterback lists or any of this nonsense because it's just fodder. That's all it is. I mean, it's just stupid talk. I mean, I get it. People like to do lists, and I, I've done a list or two here, obviously, in the offseason. Because, again, it's it's a way to talk about players around the league and get familiar with things like that. But when you're doing lists, like, the, the big thing this week is, like, slamming on Justin Herbert. Now it's become the cool thing to do. Am I a guy who fully believes in Justin Herbert, the player? I think he's got immense talent. Is using his record against him? smart to me? No, because it's a team sport. Can he help that Keenan Allen's hurt? Can he help that his offensive line's beat up? Can he help that his coach maybe not be putting his team in the best positions? Is is his offensive coordinator? I mean, you can't help a lot of this stuff. It's a team sport. And we're sitting here and we're, we're just crucifying guys because of their win-loss record as a quarterback, which to me is just so dumb. That's what probably annoys me the most in sports is how we criticize quarterbacks for win-loss record when it's the ultimate team sport. I think quarterbacks get far too much credit when teams win. But then in the same respect, I feel a lot of them get far too much credit when teams lose. So I get it. You know, you give with one hand, you take with the other. But yeah, the, the slamming of Justin Herbert this week is wild to me. Am I as, like I said, I'm not the biggest Justin Herbert fan. I never have really been. I mean, but I'm not going to sit here and go the other way where all these guys, oh, he stinks now, and these guys are all better, and he's overrated because they haven't won a playoff game or any of this stupid jazz. I mean, it's it's not it's not good talk. I mean, there's good talk. There's fun conversations to have. Like, if you want to argue who's a better quarterback, Burrow or Herbert, if you want to argue... Who's better, Mahomes or Allen? If you want to argue Brady Rogers, you know what I mean? Like that, those are fun conversations. Yeah, you know what I mean? I, I I know the one that's now coming up is Hertz Prescott. If you want to argue all these things, it's cool. Like, that's fine. But remember at the end of this, the whole core thing, it's like who fits what scheme, what quarterback does what the coach wants. Is he making the right checks? By the way, you don't know that. When you're talking about quarterbacks, too, a lot of time you don't know what the play is at the line of scrimmage. So you don't know when they come to the line of scrimmage if they're good at reading what the defense is, if they're checking into the right place. There's so much other things to it that you just don't get watching the game. You'd have to know what's going on inside the building. That's why a lot of these evaluators, it, it's so different when they rank players, or and they don't even rank players because that's stupid. They grade players, and that's why it's called grading a player. Um, yeah, I just saw the list this week, and they're foolish. And again... Is it fit? You could criticize people for their decision-making? Absolutely. If you're a turnover machine, that's that's on you as a quarterback. And, and again, I get why a quarterback gets the lion's share of the credit because, remember, the ball's in their hands the most. They touch the ball in every single offensive play. They have the ability to check plays at the line of scrimmage, change plays. You know what I mean? So it's like they have a lot of power on offense. 
So don't get me wrong, a quarterback winning isn't something to just ignore. I get it, it's the ultimate team sport, but a quarterback winning is, like, they're probably the most important player in determining wins and losses if you were to rank player by player by player simply because they touch the ball in every single offensive play. And a lot of quarterbacks have the autonomy to change plays at the line of scrimmage. Now, going around the rest of the league. Let's just go around this. I want to go around the NFC. Because the Giants won again, and then the Giants made a trade. So they're 6-1, and one, and they trade Kadarius Toney. Kadarius Toney is the wide receiver they took in the first round last year in 2021 when they couldn't get Devontae Smith. They traded out of the spot with the Bears because the Bears wanted fields, and then they used that pick to... Uh, where they, again, they could have had the opportunity to trade and get uh, Micah Parsons. You know what I mean? If they don't trade there, they just stay where they're at. They could pick Micah Parsons. They chose not to pick Micah Parsons. The Bears picked Justin Fields, and Parsons becomes a Cowboy, and the rest is history there. So, I mean, again, the Giants have a lot of bad feelings about that draft, and I understand why. Even though they did get the Bears' first-round pick, they turned it this year into either Neil or Thibodeau, whatever it was. Regardless, they got a very good player. Neil not playing right now, but Thibodeau. But to give up on a guy you picked in the first round so quick for a third and a sixth round pick and the Chiefs traded for him. And I like, hey, Tony showed flashes. I don't care what anybody says. I know his problem is staying uh, healthy and that's your best ability is availability. But I mean, we talk about Rager. The Eagles gave Rager two full years and they also fixed the position. You know what I mean? Like they traded for A.J. Brown. They drafted Devontae Smith. Quez Watkins developed. So the Eagles were good at wide receiver. They didn't just trade Rager on a whim. The Giants are beat up at wide receiver. Sterling Shepard's done for the season. Kenny Galladay is clearly nothing close to what they thought they were paying for. They tried to trade Darius Slate, and he's still there. Wondell Robinson's a rookie. You know, they have major, major question marks at wide receiver, and they're quitting on Tony. And to me, it's like, you're 6-1 and quitting on Tony? Something don't smell right there. Maybe they think they're fleecing the Chiefs because they think that he's washed or he's just never going to develop into what they hoped or thought he could be. And that's fair. But I mean, I also sit there and go, if you really believe in yourself at 6-1, if you really, really believe in yourself, I don't think you make that trade. So if you're a Giants fan out there, to me, that's a sign that, again, I'm not, Kadarius Tony isn't make or break in their season. He hasn't really helped them at all this year anyway. But I'm just thinking in my head, if you really thought you were going for it, you don't give up players, especially when you're absolutely decimated at a position. Now, the rest of the NFC, like I said, I think the two best teams are the Eagles and the Cowboys. Giants are definitely now getting into the conversation. I know they're 6-1 and people think, like I just told you that their own front office might think they're a little fraudulent. You win. I know they just won a game by a foot, but hey, you win. The key is to win. They don't give you style points in the NFL. They're definitely one of the better teams. They have to be considered that. They beat Green Bay. You know what I mean? You could sit there and tell me Green Bay is going to figure it out eventually. If they do, yeah, sure, maybe it's possible. Tampa Bay, maybe they figure out, sure, it's possible. The Rams, I guess, sure, it's possible. The Rams' offensive line is destroyed. You know, if you said to me, who are the five best teams in the NFC? I would tell you that the Eagles, the Cowboys... San Francisco. I know San Francisco just got boat raced, but trust me, they are a much better team than what they put on the field on Sunday there against the Chiefs. They, I know they lost to the Falcons. They've had some bad, bad losses here. 
But that team got, again, they looked like crap for the first half of last season, and then all of a sudden they turned it on because they do have a lot of talent. I'd put Minnesota there right now, as they should be, and I'd put New York. Those right now are the five best teams. Atlanta's not far from it. Seattle's not far from this. But, I mean, do I still consider the Bucks a threat? For sure. Do I consider Green Bay? For sure. Do I consider the Rams? For sure. I'm not writing them off. But currently, they're just not playing to the level of those other teams. That's just the facts. AFC? Um, there's Buffalo and Kansas City, yeah. Those two are on a different level, for sure. But going around the rest of that conference? Um, that's the thing. There's so many mediocre teams. I mean, Baltimore, I'm not writing them off. I mean, Baltimore really, if they're not a couple implosions away from having, what, three games that they just imploded in the fourth quarter, it's a whole different story with them if they don't implode in those games. Miami, if Tua's not hurt, clearly when he plays, they're really good. That's the four best teams right there. Tennessee's playing a little bit better. The Colts are clearly tanking by benching Matt Ryan for Sam Ellinger, not even Nick Foles for Sam Ellinger because they are they see the quarterbacks coming out. They need one. They need to stop trading and signing quarterbacks. They need some stability there, and I'm telling you this right now. This is an open tank for them to get Stroud, Young, whoever they want. Levis, I don't know, whatever quarterback they think is the best. That's what this is. The Chargers are 4-3. and three. I mean, we just talked about, oh, everybody's just slamming on Herbert. They're still definitely in that conversation. So the five best teams in the AFC, I would probably go, obviously the Bills and the Chiefs are 1-2. and two. Um, I'd, Obviously Baltimore, I just said, I would go with Miami and Cincinnati. And then the Chargers are probably the next one. But hey, Cincinnati losing Jamar Chase. And I know they said it's a hip injury. And their diagnosis is like, oh, he could be back soon because he's like, I think they said something like he's built different, which is one of the dumbest things I ever heard. There's potential he might be done for this season. When I hear hip, I'm not, I don't think four to six weeks. I think that's season. So that's something to monitor if you're like into the, the, the Bengals for sure. But the Chargers are definitely in that conversation as well. Um, yeah, and that's probably it. I mean, Denver, obviously, you never know. If Wilson figures out how to play like he did two years ago at all, then Denver could definitely sneak in there. But again, if they get beat by Jacksonville, they might blow the whole thing up. Trade Chubb, trade Judy. Judy and the Giants, by the way, that's something to watch. That would not be good for... I do not want that to happen. I like Jerry Judy. I am telling you, Jerry Judy is better than people think. I know his drop rate, catch rate, whatever they want to say there, hasn't been good. I'm not, I would not be quitting on Jerry Judy, especially if I was the Broncos, but if they do and they trade him to the Giants, that's not ideal. Just a heads up. Going around the league, that's pretty much it. Trades are going to happen. We're going to have a lot to talk about after the game on Sunday. Hopefully good things, number one. And the Eagles should win. My, my prediction is the Eagles win this game by about 17 points. Just simply because I think Pickett's going to turn the ball over. I don't think the Steelers can score enough. I think we'll give them opportunities in that second half to score by playing that picket fence defense. I just don't know if Pittsburgh can get it in the end zone. They might be a team settling for a lot of field goals. So if you have fantasy, Chris Boswell might be a good start. And then, like I said, hopefully we'll have some news on some trades for next week for sure. Things are going to happen. There's going to definitely be more trades here coming up. And like I said, the Eagles are definitely going to be active. I think we're going to have another couple moves. There might be another move made before 
this weekend, I wouldn't imagine it. But remember, if they do, it's not for this game against the Steelers. I mean, they play the Texans on a Thursday. Like, Quinn's going to definitely get some snaps this week against the Steelers. But it's like, if you got a guy in here, you'd want to get him in. At least they can get through the game plan, get them probably prepped up so they could at least have some type of impact in the Houston game. Steelers Sunday, 1 o'clock. It's a major, major, major game for the Eagles because, hey, you get this thing to 7, now you're talking about just needing four wins to get yourself in the playoffs for sure, 100%. And again, the goal's home field. That buy is so important now, especially since there's only one of them. Uh, you get a week off and everything comes to you. Got to beat these teams. Got to win the games you're supposed to win. want everybody out there to stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated. And as, and as always, go Eagles, go.